listeners welcome back to episode 210 part 2 of never on the back foot podcast in this thought provoking episode we delve into the contentious topic of legalizing betting and gambling in the world of cricket particularly in the context of india join us as we navigate the arguments implications and potential consequences associated with this issue also we navigate the complex landscape considering the potential advantages and drawbacks of legalizing betting and gambling in india through this episode you will gain a deeper understanding of the factors at play and the consideration that policy makers need to weigh in before making any decisions on this contentious issues so without further ado let's get started So uh, now you know in part 1 we've uh, discussed the nuances and basic understanding of uh, fantasy cricket its implications and consequences let's look at the other side of cricket right betting and uh, gambling that obviously finds a lot of intersection with what we discussed earlier too so to just kick start our uh, discussion what are your key arguments in favor of legalizing betting and gambling in the context of cricket in india legalizing betting you say okay so the reason why i believe that we have to move towards legalizing betting is because because it's not because we don't have anything else to do it's because we <laughs> we've grown as a society to grown as a society society to accept that betting does not is not necessarily evil as we've mm. seen in our england and australia example you know betting is normalized it is very understandable that you know you're putting in your money and then you get back up if the if the aspect of betting was to be banned then we also have to ban stock markets so mm. i believe that you know It it has to be regulated. Regulation is something that I support, but betting is a stretch too far, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because we've because we've gone past the need of banning it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my fair enough. And uh, I think one of the main concerns that was uh, raised against legalizing betting and uh, gambling in cricket is the potential for match fixing, spot fixing, and basically all the other ills that we see. So how do you uh, respond to these concerns? Okay so coming to the spot fixing and the match fixing scandals um these are very isolated incidents in my opinion again mm-hmm. this is my opinion all mm-hmm. opinions are up for discussion and they are very subjective but i believe that spot fixing and match fixings are very isolated uh, incidents that happen on the field and got for a bit off the field so it's it's a very fine topic as we discussed earlier it's a very fine topic so yeah that's all i have to add to this there less a self explanatory by nature so right and uh, even uh, earlier right in part 1 we were talking about some countries that kind of legalized uh, betting and gambling you have the likes of like england and australia even south africa where you know all of this is allowed where you know it's legalized so uh, do you think that there ha- there has been uh, some you know positive or negative impacts to the integrity of the sport at large um positive impacts yeah sure i believe that uh, it's the cricketers have become more clean and understanding of the negatives of sport fixing especially after the, 
the unfortunate tragedy that surrounded Hansi Kronje and uh, South African cricket during the yeah. 2000s. And as a consequence, even Indian cricket for that matter, you had the likes of Hazaruddin who was, who was um, in the conversation around the whole spot fixing and betting uh, betting uh, exodus during mm-hmm. the 90s. Um, also, I managed to find a bit of information uh, bit of information on the spot fixing can scandal hmm. um so this is a quote from mohammed hafiz um great player yeah. uh pakistan's 90s uh, greats damaged your cricket with match fixing backbiting and lobbying again it's pakistan so a grain of salt is needed but the con the uh, pakistani players uh, and in the consequences of subcontinent players as well because for a very long time, the narrative is that if you go to the subcontinent, you're going to end up betting. Yeah. But with the uh, with the advent of you know IPL and the other aspects around it, you see that it is not necessarily the subcontinent that gets involved in spot fixing and betting as well. It is a world and incidents. Yeah. And as in the nineties, it was more hush hush in a sense that you didn't necessarily get a lot of money out of it. Because you know exchange rates and whatnot, uh, but today if you were found to be involved in betting, you would be legally arrested and also socially and uh, ostracized for a very long time. So yeah, in that sense, players have understood that betting is bad juju. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, don't involve yourself in betting. That's that's a territory that you do not want to trot on. Whereas on the other side. You know, with all the brand deals and endorsements that keep happening, mm-hmm. cricketers have almost forgotten to understand what could be the consequences of, you know, promoting online gaming as aggressively as we do. So, this happened sometime earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. England's test coach, Brendan McCallum, yeah. he got accused of uh, accused of accepting money from a Cyprus-based um, Cyprus-based betting company, and uh, yeah, eventually, I hope, I believe the case was solved, but it's still up in hygiene. So mm-hmm. yeah, in that fact, more former cricketers and even former administrators, for that matter, in, infamously, you know, Saurav Ganguly was associated with my eleven circle for a very long time, yeah. and uh, I still remember those ads. So mm-hmm. very unpleasant memories. Yeah, <laughs> coming back. Um, so all these, all the exodus of cricketers were eventually pushing people towards this, towards this product that more, not a lot of people understand about. It can be considered as a case of misleading advertising. Yes. So in that sense, they are trotting on very fine tight ropes. Mm-hmm. But as an essence, they've understood that this is a market that is very volatile by nature. So you have to deal it with mission critical. Uh, mission critical precision so hmm. yeah fair enough and uh, you know in an ideal case scenario if uh, gambling and betting were to be made legal what do you think are some of the regulatory measures you know that can be implemented to ensure fair play minimize the risks associated in a very idealistic sense what's coming right at the top of your mind it would come back to the topic of advertisement hmm. so Advertising is something that is used very, uh, in a very free form manner. In with the whole fancy cricket league exodus as of now, 
I believe that if we were to, you know, in an ideal society, regulate the concept of fantasy cricket leagues, the first thing that would happen is the regulation of advertisement. Because in all these advertisements, if you notice very closely, they keep advertising a big sum coming to your hands. So, not to name names here, um, some some uh, betting companies. So they advertised. Uh, uh, one crore win package, hmm. three crore win package. If you do well, you'll end up scoring 10 crores. Yeah. The realistic part of this is that it's one out of 100,000 hmm. or even lakhs or crores of people playing on that platform. You have to be almost lady luck to win that three crore package. And even hmm. if you get those three crores, you will have to pay back a certain amount in the name of taxes. Hmm. So in those three crores, at least one, not even one crore. So some certain amount of money is going to government. You still have a certain amount of money. So 2.5 crores, let's assume. Hmm. That 2.5 crores, you have to find some way to keep keep it safe, basically. You're, you're, you almost put a target on your back the moment you win something that big. Hmm. So, so in that sense, it is a bit, dare I say ridiculous to advertise three crore and one crore packages when you do when that is a very slim amount that's almost misleading yeah that's the promise that most people buy into while getting inside the sport and end up losing their money and unfortunately in the process so I believe firstly advertisement regulation and secondly this is a bit bit of a um, controversial opinion I would say Mm-hmm. But rather limiting the amount of companies that are allowed to set up gay betting companies. Okay. So, so you have your your key players. So your Dream 11s, your party matches, and your My 11 circles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They exist. They are legacy companies. You let them run. Let their equitable business let them run. If you have, if someone wants to set up a new company. Mm-hmm. Their credentials are to be checked top down, front, bottom, everything. They're, because some of these companies may have, dare I say, illegitimate backgrounds. So yeah. they're very fine con we're very, very fine conundrums to what you can let and what you cannot let. Excuse me. So that is a conversation I would say around uh, legalizing betting. Absolutely. I think that is quite um, interesting as well. And in the same, uh, you know, vein of thought, now legalizing betting and gambling could obviously uh, generate a lot of revenue as well, right? I mean, the BCA doesn't need it because they're already the richest cricketing uh, board. But what do you think are some of the other economic benefits that could actually arise from this and be channelized for something better? I believe that betting could help the Help the nations that get a smaller slice of the ICC revenue pie. So I would believe that the, it will help very much help teams like West Indies, the associate nations, and even some stalwarts like Sri Lanka and South Africa. Because if you take these countries, Sri Lanka is in the subcontinent. They are cricket driven. There's no that that is they have a market. Now they need a now they need a propellant to get that market up. That propellant could be the legalizing of betting. On the flip side, you have South Africa. South Africa is a country that has its hands in multiple jars. So mm. it has its hands in rugby. It has its hands in other forms of sport. And as a personal example, they have their hands in sport, motor sports as 
as well with um with people like Brad Bender and uh, uh, Steve Oronal, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. you, South Africa is a country that's got its hands in multiple jars. Hmm. So for them to for, you know grow their cricket, so Cricket South Africa, if they decide to grow cricket there, they started with SA20, right? That's a market in itself. Now to propel that market, they can set up a very legal sense of betting or apps, you know, to get people interested. Hmm. So yeah, in that sense, it will help the smaller nations and come to West Indies. So West Indies, you know, recently um in the World Cup qualifiers, they sadly did not qualify. Hmm. And even before that, the 2022 uh, T20 World Cup, they did not qualify. Both times they, uh, I think both times they lost to Scotland. So the Scottish have an harder against West Indies in recent times. So yeah, coming back to the conversation, you have these, you have West Indies who are very struggling nations, even though they're the door to cricket in North America. So people keep saying USA is going to be the next big force. You have MLC cricket coming up very soon. Yeah, I still believe that West Indies is your key and door to cricket in the Northern, North American region. Hmm. So if you want to West Indies to survive, you need to give them some sort of monetary benefits. Now, West Indies Cricket Board, how do they generate the money? You can use betting apps, in a sense. So, whatever revenue is generated from the betting app, take an equitable amount. The paperwork and legalities can work that out. A le- equitable amount can be taken and that revenue that you generate can be invested in the players and invested in, into the infrastructure because that is the yeah. biggest problem that has plagued West Indies for a very long time. Hmm. So in the late, mid to late 90s, if I'm not mistaken, in the late 90s, basically. Um, so multiple West Indian players um, committed um, uh, strikes against the West Indian cricket board because they were not being paid well enough. Yeah, This is actually a chain effect if you stop and think about it. Hmm. ICC, for all their rights and uh, well-doings, failed to generate a revenue pie that is equitable by nature. Hmm. So, West Indies gets the short stick. West Indies Cricket Board does not have enough money in their hands. Hmm. Lack of money means a lack of resources. This was the biggest issue, the lack of resources. So, if you remember very closely, the 2007 World Cup, the ODI World Cup, not the T21, Hmm. West Indies was scheduled to host it. However, Every single stadium, bar the one that hosted the final, Kensington Oval, every other stadium was underdeveloped at best and atrocious at worst. I remember one of the stadiums, I think it was North Sound, Antigua. Mm. So it was bare bones minimum at the, that World Cup. So they don't have that money. ICC at that point, I think they lost hope in West Indies. I don't believe this is theorizing. I believe they've lost hope in the Caribbean and then they moved on. 2020 World Cup happens, something happens, they generate some amount of money out of that. Mm. So, coming back to the will betting help the nations out. I believe that, you know, these smaller teams can benefit from betting money because it, it's not necessarily clean money. Ethically speaking, it's not clean money, but it will help them survive in the long run. So, it's in the short term, it may feel awkward, but in the long term, they'll reap the benefits of it. 
Absolutely. I mean, there's more uh, cricketing boards could embrace that a problem exists, there's problems with finance, and there's actually a way out with this measure. I think that would be great. But even in the context of India, right, do you think if betting and gambling was legalized, can that revenue be utilized to, you know, actually promote and uh, develop, you know, uh, the grassroots levels, domestic cricket, women's cricket in India? Certainly. Certainly. Um, I believe that you know, whatever money that you, revenues that's generated from, uh, you know, online betting, fixing and whatnot, not fixing, but online betting and fantasy, at least, it can be very much helpful. You know, for all its intents and purposes, BCCA has always had, had its eyes and ears and everything focused on men's cricket and yeah. that too, at the highest level. Mm. Domestic grassroots level cricket, I mean, the rather abhorrent uh, Ignorance of Ranji, Dulip, and uh, other Vijay Hazare trophies and mm. whatnot is an example of this. Mm. Sayed Mustakali as well. So, all these trophies getting ignored and all these domestic teams getting ignored for that matter, it's not because BCCI doesn't care. It's because BCCI, if or in a sense, they may not care. Who we, we don't know. As the outsiders, we may not know. Insiders are the only people who happen to understand it. Mm. So, Coming back, so the domestic teams, if they were allowed to, you know, use, use a slice of that betting money, if you will, they can sustain themselves. You know, you have teams like, not to name people, but, you know, you have these powerhouse teams, you know, yeah, yeah. Tamil Nadu, TNCA, and, um, you know, MCA, Maharashtra Cricket Association, um, Punjab Cricket Association comes to mind, where... Bengal Cricket Association, you have all these big, big yeah. names. With, you know, big-time players, even legends and stalwarts in their ranks, they can sustain. Hmm. On the flip side, you have teams that are very small, you know. Um, so, like, my mind slips, but they're very, very small teams, you know, like, oh, Assam is a good example. Hmm. Yeah, the, the Northeastern teams, as a starter, the Northeastern teams, and also very fine line teams like Kerala, hmm. uh, as much as I I would like to uh, not call them that, but Kerala, Telangana, eh, Andhra Pradesh, hmm. I believe Telangana and Andhra Pradesh are two separate teams. I mean, it's check on, on that. But hmm. all these edge teams, if they were allowed to, you know, take that bigger slice of the pie, they can build on the resources that they already have. Hmm. They can grow from there. Coming to women's cricket, women's cricket will definitely get a boost boost of sorts from using the resources in uh, in the lower level, in the uh, betting money. Hmm. So you have WPL, right? Yeah. Women's Premier League. So WPL is first year went well. Hmm. From the next year onwards, you know, for 2024 and further, if they monetized WPL in the same way that IPL was monetized, I believe they will. Mm. It's BCA. So, <laughs> I believe they will. Yeah. So, that monetization can go into, most importantly, generating a level of interest into women's cricket in India. Mm. The unfortunate part about women's cricket in India is that most people just treat it in a, in a lower level, lower light. So, I had this conversation with a friend of mine. When I asked them about women's cricket, they were like, 
they face balls at 110 kilometers per hour it's not dang it's not nice and i was not exciting enough they get 50 ball 50s and 70 there are legend hmm. my my retort to that is that they get 110 kilometer balls and what not but are you able to generate that 50 ball 50 are you able to outperform that yeah. so the problem with our understanding of women's cricket is that we keep seeing that as inferior mm-hmm. which is the rather sad reflection of what we view as women in our society i'm sorry to say yeah we've always had a rather concerning world view of women in general so mm-hmm. it's a reflection of that so that has to change so coming back to the betting money helping women's teams so now that you have the slice of pie with you you can spread it out as much as possible mm. to grow it from the grassroots because if you want more women cricketers more they have to start from a, the, it's the same process on the other side as well mm. so men's cricket you have children as young as i don't know 4 5 picking up a cricket bat if you're 8 or 9 you probably end up in your school's uh, school cricket team if you go for the college cricket team and then the state level cricket team you climb that ladder right mm. in a similar way i have to i believe that a ladder of that same caliber that same process has to be replicated with women's cricket mm. because that is what will build women's cricket because currently there's a i would say a dearth of ladders for the uh, cricketers to climb because for a very long time bcci ignored women's cricket Yeah. I'm sorry to say, BC has ignored women's cricket. We never really knew the women's cricket team existed up until 2017's uh, World Cup final, you know, against England. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until that point, we never really knew that even the previous edition, uh, 2013, was held in India. Nobody knew it existed. Right. So, yeah, we need to start with making people understand that women's cricket does exist, and we also need to build that ladder necessary for. people to climb and go up mm. so yeah i believe that betting money can certainly help this to a very large extent absolutely because in a country like india where women's cricket was uh, you know viewed as an afterthought and even now you know it's really uh, playing catch up to the men's game probably this will certainly uh, help change the landscape and the dynamics as well and uh, even when we look at the whole uh, the uh, the implementation of you know getting this uh, betting and gambling legalized so do you think uh, the bcci or even uh, like the government can actually come up with a coa type of uh, body that can actually ensure that you know the consumer protection and their interests are kept at the highest level you can prevent any form of exploitation if this is to happen so certainly um because at the end of the day as i said earlier um in part when i mentioned that all these betting companies are business organizations yeah the business organization has a product to sell that product happens to be the app so in order to keep the consumers protected there has to be consumer protections in place mm-hmm. so when an app starts the driving that fine line between a betting app and a potential scam the government has to step in eventually so because this can lead to a situation wherein a, an app is formed within a few days they get a really high user base the owner suddenly goes missing with all the money hmm. and everyone's just left in the winds trying to catch up with what just happened so in that sense i think consumer protections have to be kept in place because 
uh, it is even though the consumer knows what they're getting into there has to be a certain level of safety net to lean back onto mm-hmm. as a consumer so yeah that is my take fair enough and uh, looking at the larger uh, discourse and narrative too what do you think are some of the social and cultural implications you know if betting and gambling were to be legalized in india and it actually became a reality for us to see okay um i believe that if betting and gambling was legalized in india more people would actively try to learn what gambling is you know in a more uh, civilized sense not in the uh, you know going into the back rooms calling some players in the uh, dressing room and you know ball 5 you have to bowl away ball 6 you have to give a six yeah. kind of situation no that is not going to happen that is illegal and you're probably going to get arrested for that mm-hmm. in now that people now that legally legally betting is something that it can that is allowed people are going to be more interested towards learning what it is and learning that it is not just black and white it's gray areas mm-hmm. and then i believe that there also be a flip side to this you know where people will start questioning the ethics of the game so i coming back to the 2017 2019 example i used in part 1 mm-hmm. 2017 finals you know the ipl finals we understood that you know we celebrated it as you know the epitome of what ipl can provide to us yeah. so cut to 2019 and even for that matter 2022 so i remember this this friend of mine so mm-hmm. we were both rajasthan royals fans we were talking about the after game um sadly the, the royals lost in a very bad manner mm-hmm. i i didn't necessarily feel good uh, for the next three days i had my boots so oh. coming i i was asking my friend you know what do you think about this game i, I had my own opinions and feelings i asked different he just said they just took money from betting bro they just took ma- money from uh, money some from fixers and then they did all this they need to be banned for two more years i mean i was livid i was livid and i i at that point i realized that you know the conversation is going to keep going on like this i if we were to look at it in a more wide view people are going to be more understanding as with critic uh, it is more critical uh, yeah. yeah more critical of the sport as a whole so um, even when you take a birds eye view and just look at everything how do you think this public perception and even acceptance of legalized betting and uh, gambling in, in like india or i uh, sorry in cricket uh, can be addressed you know firstly i think it has to start with education so in me in from a basic level we need to understand that all these bettings are betting apps aren't necessarily evil by nature they are more strategical by nature yeah um they are strategy plays basically they are not gaming apps by essence they are more strategic apps so uh, it people need to understand that at first and then move on from there so continuing uh so education is first and secondly awareness you know to understand make people understand that betting is a very fine line and if you cross that line there are dire consequences mm-hmm. so education and awareness are two things that i would say at first 
right and uh, you know through this episode we have vehemently uh, you know pushed for legalizing uh, of betting and gambling because it it's anyways illegal so it's going to take a long way before it probably is even considered and is up for discussion of it becoming legal but what do you think is the likelihood of you know betting and gambling actually getting legalized in india and in the near future do you see this happening on a scale of 1 to 5 i would say it's a 4 the reason why i say is a, is a 4 okay. and not a 5 is because we are heading towards cricket becoming a business by nature you have ipl you know ipl teams for example uh, rajasthan royals the royals organization that is running the team mm-hmm. they have stakes in teams in the cpl so caribbean premier league and also in sa20 and in the cpl they have cpl women's edition as well they have stake in that team as well so hmm. one ipl organization having almost four teams on their portfolio and if you flip it to a bigger franchise like say mumbai indians for either for an example they have stakes in franchises in the uae south africa and the us so they also have four teams in their portfolio and even smaller size teams you know something like sunrisers hyderabad for example they are run by the sun network um the sun group has stake in hyderabad as well as the eastern cape team so sec yeah so all these organizations at the end of the end of the day are businesses for them so we are headed towards the point where in cricket starts becoming more of a business conversation than a sport conversation hmm. so in that sense betting will also go on in that direction where it will become less of a taboo and more of a stock market kind of situation but a public acceptance is very much debatable uh, i believe that the public will be more understanding but only time will tell absolutely and you know through these uh, parts you know the, looking at the other side of cricket fantasy cricket gambling and betting we have actually covered a lot of ground so uh, as we you know uh, draw curtains on this episode do you have any final thoughts or a message for our listeners the message is that betting apps are are like a loud neighbor you can't necessarily run away from them <laughs> you can't necessarily keep them away as well mm-hmm. but you have to learn to live with them eventually so yeah that is my message perfect and on that note i'd like to draw curtains on this episode thank you so much neeraj for joining me on the podcast sharing some remarkable uh, insights and you know shedding light on so many aspects of uh, our very interesting topic as well here's hoping i can have you back on the podcast and until next time stay safe and take care like to thank you all for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support hope you enjoyed this very insightful series as much as we did please follow and press the bell icon on spotify and subscribe to the podcast on google podcast for the latest episode updates and stay tuned do check out @atharit never in the back foot on instagram @atharit never in the back one on twitter for the latest facts terminology retweets fresh tweets and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you the podcast is also available on apple podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify for podcasters, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Until next time, stay safe and take care listeners. Bye for now.